Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Hey, it's the Kentucky Guy, and thank you so much for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Here at Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast, we talk about past, present, and future wrestlers and promotions. So yeah, I'm so glad that you've joined us. As for myself, I've been watching wrestling off and on for over 25 years, and I find much enjoyment into it. I have a whole lot of knowledge, and uh, you know, I kind of... I kind of see where some things can be changed and some things are great, right? But anyways, once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode and be sure to click subscribe or follow no matter where you're listening to us from. We're on all platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Comcast, uh, Amazon Music, and it goes on and on. So check us out here at Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, everyone, uh, the Kentucky Guy. Hope everyone is having a fabulous 4th of July weekend on this beautiful Monday. Let's hear it. Yeah. And I am honored to say that we do have a co-host today. Our co-host, Christian Reeve, is on with us today. Christian, how are we doing, sir? Not bad, man. I'm not bad. Kind of up to my neck in work right now but it's good and i even managed to fit in time to watch wrestling how about that <laughs> uh, <there. laughs> and i i tell you christian i follow you on uh on tiktok and uh and a couple other ones and you're always out there working man and uh i tell you what uh, uh i admire that uh that's truly uh adm- admirable so oh, thank, uh, you, thank you sir no i mean it's I, i'm a bit of a workaholic but i'll try not to i'll try and keep this brief um but yeah, I don't know. I think I've realized as I've gotten older that it's not just kind of like a, you know, like this, this word workaholic has almost become like a dirty word. And I don't think it's necessarily has to be, you know, there's nothing wrong with enjoying working and getting stuff done. You know, I think there's a difference. Like when you're working for yourself and you're building things for yourself, 
that you want to do that you're passionate about it doesn't really feel like work you know and you have to kind of remind yourself like i'm sure you have this problem too like when you're working on stuff you love sometimes you just forget like the basics like oh i should probably eat oh yeah i should probably go outside (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's been a while (laughs) yes yes especially in in the kind of business that we're in right now right now i used to be in the private sector for a very long time i was actually a general manager uh for several uh at&t and uh sprint uh call centers uh worked in uh lexington kentucky and uh jamaica montego bay jamaica for uh many many years and uh uh it's a different type of of workaholic like i did that and uh uh you know i did find myself um sacrificing a lot of time with the family and and what have you um but this is definitely different a couple years ago uh actually last year I was forced into early retirement due to uh, unforeseen health issue and uh, working from home now and doing this kind of stuff. uh, It, uh, it's uh, man, it's, (laughs) it's just as hard as the private sector. Let me tell you. (laughs) Mm. Well, firstly, I'm I'm sorry to hear about the health problems, man, but I'm happy to hear you're able to work from home. Um, I think that's one of the things like I, I, I'm I'm always a big advocate of working from home like my work that I do a lot of the time, like, cause I'm a freelancer. So in addition to acting and all the other things I'm doing, um, one of the bigger things I'm doing is like marketing work and stuff. And so it's all working from home and I've been doing that for years now. And I don't know, I, I feel like it's, you get a lot more done and I totally get where you're coming from as far as like, sometimes it can be more stressful, if not more. And like, <laughs> you sometimes forget like, even though home is home and you know, you've got an office there, you're still lost in the work and you're like, ah, and then, <laughs> but I suppose it depends what it is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, you sit around in your pajamas all day and work and that's just not the case. <laughs> no, no. If anything, I, I still make an, a conscious effort to get dressed and cause it's like, I don't know. I feel like if you don't, as tempting as it is some days, I don't know. It, I feel like less motivated if I don't get up, do my routine, you know, just feels Absolutely. a little bit, yeah, like ready for the day, ready to get stuff done. And I don't know. And that's why I started doing the uh, videos uh, on Clapper and Rizzo and so forth, uh, because uh, that forces me to, you know, uh, dress for success, right? Even though I'm not actually going out, mm. uh, out the world i'm still putting myself out there so yeah absolutely also uh christian a huge announcement um it looks like finally i'm gonna have everything ready in the studio and we will be able starting uh next monday uh if everything works out it looks like it's going to to have our first video podcast which should be nice yeah i mean it's you, you need to i think it's important i think it'll be good having you know faces to to the to the Names to the face. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. <laughs> clips, videos. You can see the people. Yay. And also, man, I'm telling you, man, clips, especially since it seems like, I don't know. I, I'm, quite, I'm quite surprised. I thought out of the two of us, I'd be the more, so you'd be the more controversial one, but it's seeming like I have the more controversial opinions. So I don't know. Maybe this would be funny. <laughs> I don't, uh, uh, we'll see um, as time goes on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so especially when we get to the 10 best and 10 worst wrestlers, I can't wait to get there. Oh, but before man. We... I've got bone to pick with you that. <laughs> but, yeah, let's wait. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's get into Money in the Bank. Um, last Friday from the Block Talk podcast, uh, Boogie, one of the co-hosts, 
uh, actually joined the show, and him and I uh, actually made a few predictions on Money in the Bank. And uh, yeah, let's just say that uh, Boogie, you um, yeah, you're a great guy, but you lost horribly. So let's <laughs> <laughs> let's go over the matches uh, real quick. Uh, I will say so- just be- just before you continue, it's so okay. difficult to predict like WWE pay-per-views these days, like as far as like who's going to win, because like back in the day, it was a lot easier, you know, sometimes they pull a swerve on you or pull a surprise, but generally speaking, you could sort of track a storyline and be like, okay, logically this person's going to win. But I feel like these days, you know, it, it is a bit of a surprise. And there were some things on this show that were a surprise, you know, and then that's cool. But like it, I've noticed that they tend to save the surprises for like WrestleMania season as opposed to the rest of the year. Sometimes you get lucky, like a, a SummerSlam or whatever. But this is Money in the Bank, and it's you know aside from the main matches, you know you don't expect a lot of surprises elsewhere. But there were a few here, so yeah. This is the first Money in the Bank in a very long time where I felt like throwing the remote control at the TV. Oh really? was definitely shocked and not happy with some of the results oh damn oh this is gonna be interesting then cool i'm excited so on the ladies the women's uh money in the bank is one of them uh uh uh, boogie and he shouldn't even get this credit but he does he actually (laughs) picked Liv morgan to win only because he was crushing on her that's it he doesn't even know her doesn't (laughs) 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 yeah well I mean, I she, she is. Becky, you pick Becky Lynch. Yeah, I mean, I think Becky Lynch would have been like the, the, the general expected choice. But Liv is is kind of more like uh, she, 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 she. That's the the choice that makes more sense as far as like moving forward. Like Becky doesn't need it, but Liv does need it right now. Um, yeah. So it, it makes sense. But I, I can see that. Yeah. But but the rest of them in there. I mean. Uh, maybe I, I thought maybe Raquel Gonzalez could have been like a, a dark horse, maybe. Um, and do you, well, do you mind if we jump into talking about the match, or do you want to save that? Absolutely. Cool. Right um, well, Morgan. What yeah. I will say about that match is that well, firstly, I think Liv winning it, yeah, makes total sense. Um, they've been building her for a long time now. Um, you could argue maybe she'd need a bit more time, but it's been a while, and this is the perfect match to kind of elevate someone um and this this is this will do it and as we get later in, into the show we, we can see why um which again was a surprise but we'll get there um i thought actually do you know i was fairly happy with this match there was some cool stuff they did um with raquel gonzalez like as the kind of the giant and they worked around that and they did some interesting team action on her and there were some fun spots throughout, you know, that, that kind of reminded me of like the old days of TLC matches and, and ladder matches in general. So there's some fun stuff here. There were some clunky parts, though, like, you know, like I, to give you an example, there was one spot that just stood out like a sore thumb where they were all, I think Raquel was like in the corner and then a bunch of them were laying on top of her with the ladder against them. And then... I think it was Becky ran into them or ran up the ladder and smashed onto them. And then you see them kind of pile out as they do. But I kid you not, (laughs) Liv literally just like, I don't know how to put this um, without a visual aid. Like she just kind of like lifted herself up and moved herself away (laughs) instead of like rolling, like, you know, in pain selling. She just kind of quietly just went 
oopsie and you could see her do it and it was at the corner of my eye and I was like that's cheeky and there was a lot of that in this match um <laughs> and it kind of sucks you out of it sometimes but you know what overall it was an okay match and actually I think one of the better matches on the show yeah I thought it was a decent match too I um uh, the ending surprised me um, I didn't think Liv Morgan, I actually had Liv Morgan, uh, she was my pick last year in Money in mm. the Bank, and I think uh, WWE really made a huge mistake by letting the Nikki, almost a superhero, win that last year. I thought that was ridiculous, but anyway, so Liv Morgan, Money in the Bank, women's uh, winner. I told you, man, I'm the controversial one. I'm the heel. You'll see. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, your, your opinion is your opinion, and I think there's always going to be contention. And there's actually contention with other people on this show that surprised me, actually. When I started looking at Twitter, I was like, geez, uh, Liv doesn't bother me. I mean, I think they could have done more in the match to build her a little bit more. It, like, I will say a lot of the time when you watch these matches, they're hit and miss as far as if they actually present the person who's going to win as likely to win in the match. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, in the sense that like, when they're telling the story of the match sometimes it will come out of nowhere that they win because they've like spent the whole match, I don't know, getting beaten up or they've barely sort of been in the ring or something. Uh, or they're the clear favourite and, and the match tells that story. But with Liv, it was kind of... To me, it was like, okay, Becky has got a lot of offence in here. Raquel got a fair amount. And then everyone else was just kind of there for the ride, which, you know, you need those people. Um but I really didn't feel... I was kind of surprised that Liv won it, to be honest. But not because she didn't deserve it. More just the presentation of, of the match. But I don't know. That's my only real sort of... That, that's, why was, that's why she was my pick last year. Because if you, if you think back to last year, she mm. had to beat Sonya Deville, who was the acting GM at mm -hmm. that time. Had to go through all of these hoops just to get into the match. And uh, then she didn't win, you know. And, and that's the just, thing as well. That would have made more sense because I remember that. Like, I wasn't uh, as keen on WWE back then, like, watching it week to week. But I do remember that. And I remember she was being pushed hard and there was a lot of support, just like there is now. But, yeah, then they went with Nikki Ash, which she's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. But I, I'm not, I'm personally not a fan of that gimmick. Um, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, because I, I try to remember that, you know, wrestling it's not it, it's a generational thing and not everything that you see is going to be intended for you do you know what i mean like it's not for because yeah I, I don't know how, how old you are but i'm like 29 i see a character like nikki ash i think that's kind of more aimed at kids and that's fine you know there's kids watching um it's no different to like when we watched say the hurricane back in like 2203 you know it's a similar thing um i think the only problem with that gimmick is that like sometimes it feels like there's not much direction with it. Like when they first did it, it was kind of fun. Cause it's like, Oh, has she kind of lost the plot? What is this? You know, it's kind of like a fun thing. And then they turned their heel, which just baffled me. I don't know. Like <laughs> it just, do you know what I mean? Cause it's like, whenever they choose to turn someone heel, sometimes it could be fun, but with, with her turning heel with the, you know, face gimmick, it, it just, I don't know. I, I just didn't see the point. And ever since then, it's felt like she's been lost, lost in the shuffle, which blows my mind. Cause when she was just Nikki cross, it was brilliant. 
Uh, when she, when you know, when she first sort of came out the sanity stuff, and she was just on the main roster. Even I'm talking ages ago as well, like even before she started doing the stuff with Alexa Bliss. Um, I re- I was really hot on her. I thought she was really good. Um, yeah, I liked her when she was with the er- Eric Young and in Insanity and in, in NXT. It was great. Yep. It's good, but I, I actually preferred like when she was on her own. That that small period where she was just on her own on the main roster on SmackDown. And they were kind of just present. They, it was kind of a continuation of that gimmick, but it was like we're sticking with her kind of thing, and like we're doing something with her. And it was really fun. Um, yeah, but the only one. Well, it's interesting mm-hmm. as well. She 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 actually requested the gimmick change. She wanted to do this, um, which is fine. It's just I wonder, did she have like a long term plan for it? Like, I feel I feel I I personally feel like the gimmick has run its course, but. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some more they could do with it. But I mean, everything that we could see that's been done has been done. I mean, I think the last fun thing I remember about that gimmick was her ch- sort of randomly just beating the hell out of Molly Holly. <laughs> it's just it's kind of fun. That like, why not do that spot? You know? Um, yeah, but, she. Uh, I'm like you. I think it's ran its course, and uh, for her to be able to get into the title picture again or anything of that nature, main event picture even, uh, she's going to have to probably change gimmicks again. I, uh, I just don't see it lasting. Potentially. Um, I, I'd return back to the previous gimmick, to be honest. I don't think she needs to do something new. I just think she needs... I mean, you, you could even position it in a way like a return to form sort of thing, you know? Oh, yeah, or have her come out as a heel and join Alexa Bliss. That would be amazing. Or, ah, nah, get her... A, far away from Alexa Bliss but you know what that's a whole other story what they need to do with Alexa Bliss but I actually think um if they continue this Judgment Day thing she could join Judgment Day and that might be interesting yes very because she used to be partners with Rhea Ripley so yeah yeah you could do something there I don't know I, I don't know I mean factions to be honest like they WWE generally does them well, but I'm kind of sick of factions right now. And that's, I blame AEW for that, but uh, (laughs) it's just, I just feel like everywhere I look, there's just a faction and not all of them. Some of them are good and some of them elevate people and some of them don't. Um, You know, since we're talking about factions, uh, Judgment Day, I'm kind of wondering because uh, did you see that uh, the Edge uh, commercial? Commercial. uh, yeah, uh, that was Edge. A lot of people think it was Bray Wyatt and so forth. But if you watch it closely, it had like uh, Kurt Angle's um, uh, Olympic gold medal in there. Uh, it had the uh, Undertaker's. What was this on? This was on Money in the Bank. It was a, a promo. Oh, I must have missed. Oh, maybe, do you know, maybe it came on when I skipped a match. I mean, there wasn't much I skipped on this pay-per-view because I watched most of it. But I must have missed this. Yeah, it showed a gentleman uh, walking through fire, wearing sunglasses. Um, if you, uh, the dirt <sighs> sheets, Twitter and everybody's trying to say it's Bray Wyatt. It's not, it's Edge. Uh, and uh, it, it just shows, you know, it's time for him to come back. He had to been back on television since June 6th. Oh, but uh, they have to wait until he, he grows his hair out again, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so at least, at least half a year. <laughs> so, so, so look for, uh, I don't know if he'll form his own faction or just, Go go against Judgment Day on his own, but I do see that on the horizon. They've they've killed they've killed it. Like any chance they had of that faction working is dead now. Like I don't know why 
they chose to pull the plug on it so early, you know? Yeah, they're fighting the Mysterios on my, uh, tonight, actually. <laughs> doesn't make Unless you're going to have Dominic turn against his father, which I've been calling for six months. Needs to happen. So. Maybe, but do you know what? If they're going to do that, then that needs to be like Ray's final match ever, I think. And then they, they have to have like a clinic. It has to be like a brutal storyline, and then he whips him at WrestleMania, and he passes the torch, and they shake hands, and it's, you know... I see, I see a, a kind of a Kane and Undertaker storyline here. I see uh, Ray not wanting to fight him because it's his son, and then he finally gets pushed in the corner like the Undertaker did. I kind of see that kind of storyline. I see him dragging it out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it can work. It's got all the makings of a good storyline. Um, yeah, the last good brother, oh, sorry, family related storyline I can think of was probably the, the Cody Rhodes versus um, Dustin Rhodes match at the beginning of AEW like that was brilliant storytelling really emotional and you could do the same thing with this you know you could really pull on the heartstrings and that's uh, WWE really does that well when they really want to go for a, like an emotional storyline they know how to book it and they could do it with this I think. and Dominic actually in one as a child I don't know if you yeah this with of course man Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, oh C- can't, can't forget about the custody of Dominic Ladder match. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh. I mean, that, that made you care. I mean, I, I mean you literally that, got... I'm fight. sorry, but that, that was just bants. That was just hilarious. <laughs> I'm your puppy. Come on. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> and I, I, love, I love as well that Dominic on Twitter, like on Father's Day, sometimes just like for, for Bance we'll just tweet out like oh to, to the best puppy and like <laughs> he still plays into that storyline <laughs> oh. um, Latino he he was one of a kind and oh, absolutely man one of the greatest of all time so let's move on to the men's uh, Money in the Bank um, sure. Boogie's, uh, Boogie's uh, prediction was Riddle which I know he was a sentimental favorite my prediction was actually Seth Rollins I thought this was going to be a husband and wife uh money in the bank however to our surprise uh cannot get over this guy uh theory uh actually was thrown in never had to qualify for the match like all the other participants <laughs> and actually won it <laughs> in the immortal <laughs> words of jim Cornette, it's because he's a heel Come on, man. It's brilliant. But I don't understand why everybody's whining on Twitter so much about this. Like, come on. Everybody knows that he's handpicked by Vince McMahon in storyline. That's what we know. So, of course, he's been put into this match. You know, like you could book the storyline yourself. He, you know, he lost his United States championship. He went and whined to the office. He got his match and he runs out and he does it. You know, it's that's an easy story to tell. Of course, I. The, the great thing about this, about him being a heel and getting unfair opportunities like this, is it makes the crowd hate him, which is working. And that means that eventually when he does kind of get over, over, right, it'll be huge. You know, yeah. look look at what happened when they finally got it right with Roman Reigns. You know, he's over like a rover and he's not even turned back to face. He may never turn back to face. He might just remain the way he is. You know, he doesn't need to. Um yeah, they call them tweeners sometimes, don't they? Uh, look, theory, the only thing I've heard about theory, which you can make an argument for, is, oh, it's too early. It's too early. Well, sometimes you've got to pull the plug on someone and give them a chance. I mean, 
Christ. The Rock was like 24, 25 when he first won a, a championship. Randy Orton, I think, was the youngest world champion. Brock was really young. You know, like sometimes you just got to go with a guy. And theory, from everyone I've seen on the roster, uh, with the exception of um, Rex Steiner, who's not, you know, I don't know why they're still keeping him in NXT. I guess he's just polishing off. Um, aside from him, sorry, go on. He needs to change his name. That Braun Breaker. That's just yeah. Stupid. He's a Steiner. I'm I'm sorry, but just 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 five minutes on 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 Rex Steiner or Braun Braun Breaker as they call him. Uh, <laughs> what is it? What's the old expression? If he walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. You know, he, he, he's a Steiner through and through. He's literally like he's the spitting image of both of the Steiners, and he talks exactly <laughs> like both. Of them. He's a Steiner. Like it. It's like the equivalent of trying to. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's like uh, it's it's just how they messed up with Kurt uh, Kurt Axel. He should have came out and did the Mister Perfect. You know, uh, uh, I couldn't disagree more with that. I'm sorry. No. 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 Look, they did the Mister Perfect gimmick. What do you mean? Oh, he should have done the Mister Perfect gimmick things. No. He should do his own thing. The, the way they messed up with Kurt Axel was that they never gave him a proper push. They always just kind of booked him as a lesser guy. They gave him one push where they tried to push him with Heyman, uh, but they messed him around. I, I believe Hunter buried him. He was a United States champion. Yeah, but come on, man. Like they, they don't... When it comes to that, sort of middle mid card right when it comes to those titles winning those titles doesn't always mean something it, it can mean something like for example we've seen that with austin theory he won the united states championship he was toying around with that and then boom go to the to the world championship a lot of the time and i think even vince has said this before people that are connected with him always say that you know the mid card titles are just kind of an excuse to see what they look like with a championship and kind of get an idea of what they're like as a champion before you push them for the main title. You right. Know? Uh, but not everyone that gets, you know, those mid-card titles um, goes to the main event. And that's not even to say they need it either. I mean, I, to the best of my recollection, I don't think Mr. Perfect ever won a world championship, but he didn't need to because he was just so brilliant. Um. The problem with Kurt is Kurt Axel, and I didn't follow his entire career, but he he could talk, he could work, but they just never really properly gave him a shot, I, I don't feel. Um, and like, no, not everyone gets lucky. That's the thing. Um, it's unfair, like, in wrestling, like, everyone that you, you really get behind, some people... It, I think the unfairness is sometimes it'll be the people you don't want to see pushed are the ones that are pushed, but the people you really feel like they deserve it, they don't get pushed. But then every once in a while you get someone who you do want pushed and they do get pushed and it's like a fairy tale. But, you know, it's... Yeah, I get you. I just think it would be cool to have them come out, like do the behind the behind the back uh, basketball shot and make it some of the things. (laughs) And I just, uh, I think he would have went over better. Uh, That's just my opinion, though. I I don't know. I think it's dangerous trying to do that. I mean, didn't they try and do that with David Flair and it just... You know, yeah, but work. he Rick still having still wrestling though. You know what I mean? It, and plus, that was WCW. <laughs> yeah, but still, still, it's the same thing. Like, if you're gonna book a wrestler, second generation wrestler, 
and your and your plan is to kind of have them do the exact same gimmick as their father i mean ha, come on what do you expect it's not going to work especially when they're so beloved and even i bet even curtis axel knew that you know i i, I think he even said that in interviews that he didn't want to do exactly what his dad did like he was proud of his dad how, how could you not be but would he have wanted to do the same thing as his dad no yeah that's why he took on a different line as Privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days guaranteed with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed. And right now you can get started for just one. $1. Text the word grade to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use. Text grade to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text grade to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text grade to 323232 now. Text grade to 323232. Yep, yep. That interview. But yeah, so Austin Theory, or Theory, they call him now, uh, he is the Money in the Bank winner. Here, here's my question, uh, Christian. Uh, he's, every, everything points to him and John Cena at SummerSlam. So is it going to be for the briefcase or just a regular match? He no longer has the U.S. title. So what's your thoughts? There's a couple of ways they could go with this. He could cash in, and then you could have John beat him at SummerSlam and have a little mini reign. Uh, the way I would do it, the way I would do it is is have Austin Theory cash in and have a mini reign. Doesn't have to be long, but then he loses it to John. John becomes champion. Eighteen times. Eighteen times. Yeah, passes Rick, and then what you do with that moving forward is you build to WrestleMania and somehow you keep the championship on John till WrestleMania. That would be how I would do it. But then uh, John would have to be free and it's, uh, there's a lot of unlikely scenarios there, but um, uh, what, what, what will they do? I, I think they'll just do a standard match, probably SummerSlam and John will lose. Um, and put Theory over. And it'll be, it'll be a good match. I mean, Theory is a fantastic wrestler, you know. So. He is. He's. You're right. I mean, they got the right. They got the reaction they wanted uh, when he won the money in the bank. I mean, if you look at uh, Twitter and you, you listen to the fans booing on uh, on the actual show, I mean, they, they got the reaction they wanted. <laughs> so. to, be, well, to be fair, though, that. <laughs> The fans kind of annoy me with WWE. Well, in general, actually, AW, WWE, like, because it's all fine having an opinion and, and whatnot, but like their their complaint about theory mostly was, oh, it's too it's too early. Right? That's their complaint. Oh, it's too early. Well, like I said before, sometimes you just gotta try with people, you know? I mean He's a great wrestler. He's, he's really good in the ring. He knows how to sell. 
like really really well like oh my god there's so many wrestlers that don't sell properly anymore he sells fantastically anyone he's in the ring with he makes them look great and he gets the most out of them so he's a brilliant wrestler he's good on the mic he needs polishing here and there but he's good on the mic he was i mean you saw the stuff with cena he was hanging with cena i mean the verbiage was not great but that's just wwe but he'll get more confident he'll find his own he's already doing very well he's doing he everything actually- expected of him like, i i really feel like that's their next guy that's he actually reminds a lot of randy orton he does randy orton was about his age when he won his first championship here's the uh, deal here's the deal right you've got austin theory i'm sorry they need to bring that back to austin theory not theory well this is stupid austin theory and bron breaker okay bron breaker's not 100 percent ready but he's getting there a year maybe less it'd be on the main roster right so then yep. you've got austin theory and bron breaker two magnificent wrestlers right you could yep. have like your next rock and austin right there think about it they're different types of wrestlers you know one is kind of more of a brawler classic kind of technical wrestler the other one is more of a high flyer but you can do technical they would work really well with each other and i can see it you know you can yeah <laughs> And so many people in the industry say that. Like, I think uh, Cornette already called it. He said that Bron Breaker would be the world champion within the next three years. And I, I can really see it. And I think that Theory would be a great heel opponent for a babyface Bron Breaker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I... You've you, you got a lot of potential there. Like, I think the problem is, and it blows my mind, the, the fans, because... For, for all fans are smart now and everyone knows everything like they don't think enough seem to think enough about long-term booking like and don't get me wrong i mean it could just be bs and we've seen a lot of wwe booking where you know you clearly they don't think far enough ahead and you know sometimes they just pull the plug quickly i mean we already gave a few examples of that earlier but I think with this, with people like Theory, you can tell they've been earmarked for great things. They're going to be protected, and they're going to be protected in the right way. Um, and also, just because he's won the contract now doesn't mean he's going to, you know, claim and sort cash it in straight away and 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 in a, in a terrible way. They're they're going to save it. We know they're probably going to save it because they've just cashed in Libs one, uh, which was an interesting choice, I have to admit. But probably the if they weren't going to do it, then then when else are they going to do it? You know, you have to get it when Ronda's at a disadvantage. And I was quite surprised, actually. They still gave her quite a bit of offense and then eventually just went for the roll-up. <laughs> I actually, do you know, actually, could I just say, you know that bit where they had her um, about to tap out? I really thought they were going to go with it. I thought she was just going to lose and have a failed cash-in. And I was like, damn, that's bold. But do you know what? I, th- I thought they were going to go with that and essentially just turned Ronda heel. Because I could already hear the chorus of boos, and I was like, damn, they're going to boo her in Las Vegas as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, I when it happened too, uh, it reminded me of the Baron Corbin cash-in, you know what I mean, way back when. Oh, so. Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> or would you, would you rather not? I can, Go I can, ahead. That, Go was, ahead. that was the shits. The drizzling shits. I'm sorry, that was the worst cash in ever. Because they did it, didn't they do it on SmackDown as well? They didn't even do it on like a proper pay per view. He just cashed in 
got murked within about uh, five seconds, and then that was it. And it's like, wow, you just wasted the ca- the cash in. Like, and don't get me wrong, sometimes it's fun to, to do that, but like, the cash in can be saved and used in so many different ways. You can do it straight away. You can do it as a surprise mid year. You can do it right at the last minute. You know, there's so many things you can do with that, and they're still finding new and unique ways all the time. But that was just like a fart. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So keeping theory in the conversation, uh, he did lose uh, his United States title uh, at Money Bobby Lashley. Um, Boogie actually picked theory. Uh, I actually picked Bobby Lashley. I-, I couldn't see a way that Bobby Lashley could put uh, theory over unless Umas came out and interrupted. And mm-hmm. I really think it is done. So. Uh, so yeah, so Bobby got it. I, Bobby's a world champion. I don't know about this USA United States champion. I think it's I fine. I think it's fine. If you've, if you've been a world champion and you're a mid, you know, you have a mid card championship, I don't think it hurts you. The only way, the only way I think it hurts you is when you've never been world champion. Cause it's from our perspective, it's like, well, they're never given them the chance. I mean, I, and that's the thing. It's, it's silly, isn't it? Because do you need the world championship to be over? No, no, you don't. If the goal as a wrestler is to be over, then that can go in different ways. But the measure of success is often, you know, the world championship, isn't it? You know, like the old Stone Cold saying of like, oh, if you don't want to be the world champion, you shouldn't work here. And it's like, I get that, you know, that that's the ultimate goal for many wrestlers, but maybe not every wrestler, you know, and we've found out over the years that some of them just go there to collect a paycheck. Some of them are just, you know, they're happy with their lot. They're happy with, I don't know, being like a comedy wrestler or being like a a lower mid card or a mid card or a tag team or, you know, like everyone has different goals and that doesn't make you any lesser or, or any, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's the be all end all, but I do think that at the same time, WWE could do a lot more to build up the prestige of titles. Like, I don't like the fact that they make the intercontinental and American uh, US championships feel like nothing because they have at times felt really fun. And, and, you know, when the Miz had the intercontinental championship, it felt like a big deal. He really pushed hard for it. And it really felt like a big deal in the past. You know, Razor Ramon has had it. Mr. Perfect has it, had it and they've made it feel like a big deal. You know, you can make those titles feel like a big deal, but then they yeah. just, they just, sometimes they just kind of, at the moment, I, I'll be honest, the championships don't really feel like a big deal. And to be honest, they kind of just feel a bit boring. That's my issue with them is it's just like the picture is a bit like, eh. like I couldn't tell you, who like the intercontinental championship is uh, champion is. I just don't remember because it's not really that important because they don't present it as important. They flip flop all the time. You know, it, if they booked the mid card championships, like they booked the world championship where they don't change hands often, it might be a bit more interesting. Yeah. Your intercontinental champion is Gunther. Uh, oh was- yes, of course. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was the right. United, uh, uh, United Kingdom champion for the longest reigning uh, forever. He was over 365 days. I feel uh, bad. I feel bad for um for not remembering that actually because Gunther is is fantastic. He, yeah. he is. Uh, I don't understand the name change from Walter, but yeah, he is great. 
Um, <laughs> is it? Isn't it because it's it's at his name on the indies, so they just want to own. It's like intellectual property rights, isn't it? They have to own your name. You know, oh, we have to own you. You know, right? It just would have if they'd have done it at the beginning. It would have made more sense, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe they just don't think that far ahead. I mean, I look at Butch, right? So. Mm. <laughs> Dude, I'm still scratching my head over this theory thing. Like, why does every wrestler on the roster just have to have their names dropped? You know, I don't get it. Are we just are we milled, are we moving up to the point where we just don't have you know four names so everyone's just Orton, Lesnar, Lashley, like we can't have four names like that's sacrilege apparently. <laughs> or are they trying to think if they change his name, we'll forget about his horrible run in NXT possibly because he did not have a good run at all in NXT. So that's nonsense. Uh, Look, people people's memories. Are long and more and what and ranging, but generally speaking, you're not going to remember like the specifics of what happened like five years ago in NXT on this particular day. Like you remember roughly speaking, you know. But most of the time, you focus on the the here and the now, you know. Um, like for example, Roman Reigns. You know, are, are you thinking about the times when he was overbooked to the you know? to death and everybody hated him and it sucked no you're thinking about the tribal chief and how he's being well, now, now. i know? do but you know my feelings on roman reigns <laughs> yeah well, well i'm just giving an example like generally speaking i think most people tend to live in in like now what's going on now like you you remember like i can remember like good points bad points in the past with like reigns but i'm just saying in general like you you tend to focus on what's going on now and you're, you're nostalgic at the past or you're fond of, of, you know, what's happened in the past. But generally speaking, you focus on what's going on right now. Like yep, today's society is all about right now. Right well, now. That's yep. that too. I mean, and, and this is coming from me. I'm a very sentimental, nostalgic person. So me saying this almost goes against everything I believe. But at the same time, you know, I lo- I, I'm all about living in the now, you know, and looking forward to the future. And, uh, and I, I think that's, the way you have to be in with wrestling. I still feel like there's always that sense of wonder, like, Oh, maybe there'll be a really, you know, cause even, even today, you know, wrestling is not what it used to be. And for me, I, I feel like the best days, as I've said before, are kind of behind us, but at the same time, you know, every once in a while you do see something that's really special. You know, there were moments on this show, money in the bank that really did feel like, just good wrestling you know like the rousley match i thought that was good wrestling which one uh ronda rousley when she defeated natalia Mm. Uh, yeah i wanted to talk about this actually that was a solid match and it made sense because look um natalia is is a great wrestler she's from the hearts family you know you you know and you know they've been training together for a long time there's history there you know I, i knew that they this feud itself was a no-brainer um and is is a pretty solid kind of feud to have for ronda sort of and coming back into the company um and they you know they've done a really good job to actually keep ronda as as a face right now um because you know they had to push her heel if you remember in her last run uh because of a bit of a backlash and she went with it to be fair but she was not happy about it and here we are several years later and she's a big huge face and now natalia is helping her and um yeah just a great match really and i the the surprise with Liv was 
a bit left wing and I, it was fun how they did that. Obviously, we spoke about it earlier uh, as far as the finish, but yeah. Yeah. Did she hug Ian? Did you notice that? She did. She hugged Hug Natalia. Or no, she hugged Liv after she won the championship. Yeah. I, um, I, I, think, I didn't care about that because you know they're going to fight at SummerSlam. So. Well, maybe they're still deciding what to do as far as like how to book it. Because look, they're in Vegas. That's, you know, Ronda Rousey town, or at least, you know, has been. Um, maybe they're trying to kind of keep Ronda neutral for now. Because it, it's difficult. I feel like the only way around this is, is to turn Ronda heel. But at the same time, like she just about got back, you know. <laughs> She's... Oh, um, um, I don't know if you have to turn her heel. Dude, um, dude, th- think about this. Think about this, right? SummerSlam. Have, have, they, have they booked... Is it, is it official yet? Liv and, and Rousey? Uh, it, it's all on the dirt sheets, but I don't know if it's official yet. Do you know everybody, everybody's I, talking about? It. You know what I I would do, and I know everyone's going to boo and be like, "No, that idea sucks." But to be honest, to protect Rousey, I would book a three way. Three way. Yep. Yeah. Like have Rousey. have someone else in there. Um, Perfect. Take the, full, take the ooh. No, 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 no. Because she'd have to take the fall. Well, look, there's different ways you could book it. I mean, look, if the match was was Bailey, Morgan, and and Rousey, and Bailey um, gets the if Bailey won, that'd be huge. Everyone's gonna love that. But then it's like it's only a month. I mean, dude, they're doing SummerSlam at the end of this month. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it's, I, like- it's, it's it's doable. I mean, you you could do you could do like. You could do a secret opponent deal and have Bailey just come back as the secret opponent at SummerSlam. I suppose you could do that, but it just it just bit, seems a bit unfair to live to just give her the championship and then just immediately take it away from her like less than a month. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how long her reign will be. To be honest with you, um, uh, they just yeah, well, at least give her a couple of months just to kind of figure out if she's got something. You know, I mean, isn't that the whole point of being the champion is to see right. like, okay, can we make money with this person? Like. Can they carry our company? Uh, be the, the the face of our company, etc. Like you know, it's not yeah, really- me personally, that she should be uh, carried to at least the Royal Rumble to January. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, traditionally speaking, yeah. Um, I, I I feel like Liv has potential. I mean, she she's she she's not one of my favorites, like just in general, but. I like her. I think she's she's a good baby face. She's a fun heel. Like she's, I feel like she's just very still like learning a lot. You know, she's she's still in that process. She's still working hard and just kind of, and and now is the perfect time to test things out. But I don't think this is the problem with WWE sometimes is that they don't really give people enough of a chance to to like test things out. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes like Vince will start pushing someone for a couple of weeks, and then just be like, "Oh no, actually, no, 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 no." But and but the fans have already got invested in it, and it's like you never know what to get invested in or what not to get invested in. And a lot of the time, the backlash actually comes not so much from necessarily from things being booked that people don't like. It's more like the stop-start nature of things, or like pulling the 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 rug from under our feet when we're just getting into something, you know. 
I mean, you yeah. saw the reaction. You saw how huge it was that Liv won. And hey, you know what? Maybe it was more just because it was a surprise. But it to me, it looked like everybody was really for her. I mean, they were really happy when she won. And they were really happy when she cashed in. So... Oh, she's over right now. Huge. Right. Yeah. So maybe it's not a good idea to take the championship from her just yet. <laughs> well, so, you know, Rousley, though, she's over quite a bit, too. So it'll be interesting. Real quick, uh, on that match, uh, Ronda versus Natalia. Um, Boogie actually picked Natalia. I picked Ronda. So once again, uh, in your face, Boogie. Um, so, moving, <laughs> so moving on to the, we also had the other uh, women's championship on the line. Bianca Belair versus Carmella. Uh, both Boogie and I both picked uh, Bianca. Um, I kind of knew that was going to be a squash match. Boy, that was a quick match. Uh, the only thing I don't understand, Christian, is the ending of that match. Why in the world would they have Carmella attack Bianca? Um, are they setting up a rematch? I mean, I, it doesn't Probably. make any sense. Yeah, to get the heat back. and look, No one expect not to be harsh, because I think Carmella's great. It's just... No one expects her to beat Bianca Bella, you know, unless you're going to do like some sort of shenanigans or like maybe a roll up or something like that. Like she's not she's not going to out wrestle Bianca. Bianca's like a better athlete. And that's, again, nothing against Carmella. But when you just look at the presentation of it and you and you think about it just from the, the simulated fight kind of mindset, um it's just, I don't know. And also, to an extent, how they portrayed Carmella. They have put her in the title picture, and she has been the champion before. But don't forget, like, when she was champion, she often had, like, assists from, uh, I think, Reggie. Was it? yeah, or um, James Ellsworth when he was in the company. And, you know, right. like, it's always kind of been that that kind of Jinder Mahal-style um championship booking. Like, she, she's, she, like, what I'm saying is she's, she's not beating people, like, Clap flat clean in the center of the ring like maybe a few but like generally speaking not whereas if you compare it to like charlotte becky lynch bianca belair you see, you see where i'm going with this like it's she's not been presented in the same way um and again everyone has different roles different approaches and stuff and she, she, she she's improved a lot i must say over the like she's she's really good heel she's great I, on the mic i personally think she's underrated I think she's yeah, I, 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 I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. But yeah, something sure. is her her actual husband, Corey Graves, he's been released to return back to action now. I was kind of looking for him to maybe get involved in that match and cost Bianca the title. I didn't choose. I chose Bianca, but uh, I was looking for that because it's kind of funny that WWE released the news that Corey Graves is able to return back to action. I mean, he's been a commentator for I don't know how long. He, uh, do, do you know what he said as well? And I, I, I normally, when people make these kind of statements, I often think like, yeah, whatever. Of course, you're just saying that. But I actually believed him when he said this. He released a statement saying his focus is on being a commentator. And as much as he's open to returning to the ring, he wants to pursue commentating and make that his focus. And I, I really believe that. I don't think he's working anyone with that. I think that you will see him in the ring. He'll probably do some like fun. Um, yeah. Probably a mixed tag or something with Carmella at some point. That's inevitable. Maybe he'll do a, I, I, I imagine they'll probably do at some point and it will, 
I, it could be amazing or it would be annoying, but they'll definitely do a mixed tag where it'll be Miz versus Corey with the wives against each other. Like, it's just inevitable. You know, because why wouldn't you? And it was, to be fair, it was a lot of fun when they did it with John Cena, actually. That's um, great. But, but yeah, they'll probably do that. Uh, to be honest, I think they'll probably do that with Miz and Cody as well <laughs> at some point. <laughs> um, and they're fun, they're fun matches, you know, but that that's, I think, the kind of matches you're going to expect to see Corey in. I, I don't imagine, you know, he's going to... But then, who knows, man? Stranger things and have I'm, happened. And, and I'm okay with that. I, I think he's a great commentator. I'm okay with that. Yeah. No, I mean, I think he's just... Don't forget, like, he, he re- uh, retired from action. I think it was, what was it, 2013? Was it? Is that oh, right? Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. So. so that's nearly 10 years. And look, th- there'll be other examples made, but... I think a lot of people remember that, yeah, he was on the Indies for a little bit before WWE, but he was still very much in the beginnings of his career when he retired. And, yeah, you know, one time, yeah, uh, he, he since he, then, he, he's like completely changed his life and his career. And he's really like, he, he's a good commentator. He's fun and he's really made an effort of it. And that's, and it's, it's very difficult to, to then be told like, oh, hey, that thing that you originally did, like you can do that again now. Like I, I, I can't even imagine how that must feel for him or what's going through his head. Like I, th- I think he's probably kind of weighing up his options and, and also thinking about how it would actually be portrayed. Like he's not going to suddenly just be back on the roster and be, a, you know, wrestling every show. And yeah. and I, I wouldn't think he would want to do that either. Like, I think it would be better to to portray him casually as, you know, having matches here and there and stuff. But the, who, who knows, man? Who knows? Like, it's all right. down to him and, and I guess, the company as well, what they decide to do. Yep, I, I, I agree. And I, like, I, he reminds me so much. He's a heel commentator, so he reminds me of the greats, like Bobby Heenan, uh, the King, Jerry Lawler. And I mm. think he fits where he's at right now, so. Oh, uh, hey, yeah, so- did you... um? Are we finished with with Money in the Bank, or is there still more to talk about? Uh, got one more, and yep. that is Usos defeating the Street Profits. Oh, oh! And uh, actually uh, chose the Usos as well. So I actually got four out of the six matches correct. So uh, thank you, okay. thank you, thank you. This was this was the standout. This was the match to w- if you're going to watch any match from Money in the Bank, if you haven't seen it. This is the match to see. This was brilliant. And the thing is, it's when I first saw because this was going to be a match that I was going to skip. Um, because you know, how many times have we seen the Usos and Street Profits fight? I mean, come on. But I, I thought, you know what, it's pay-per-view. They always raise their game for the pay-per-view. Pay-per-view matches are worth watching as opposed to TV matches. Um so I gave it a shot. I sat down and I watched it and they, they did really well. They did some really fun stuff here and it was a real standout moment. Um, there were several standout moments, actually. Uh, there was all sorts of crazy stuff going on as well. Like at one point they said on commentary that apparently there were tensions between uh, Montez Ford and, and Hawkins. And I was like, wait, what? And then so I was looking for that in the match. Oh, yeah, that's rumor. I was that's looking out for it. But yeah, but I didn't see any of that. And then... Um, then the match ended, but it ended with controversy because Montez Ford's arm was up off the off the mat, and it was very clear and obvious. But you know, obviously, the ref blind. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
And um, so, yeah, they didn't actually win. So obviously they're setting up another match. But if you pay attention, Ford looks like both annoyed at the situation and also like maybe he's annoyed at Hawkins, but maybe not. Like it could have gone either way. But um, they teased a lot of fun stuff here. Plus the match was just really good. So that, that for me was the match of the night. Montez Ford, he's going to be a world champion. He, he's going to go single. I, I see it. I, I called it a while back, but now he's starting to get that push. If you've noticed, he's redid his physique, and uh, he, he's awesome on the mic. And, yeah, I think uh, I, I see that happening. Maybe the next time they meet. But what's uh, going to happen to Hawkins, man? He's probably going to be gone. Yeah, that's the poor guy. He's fun, too. I mean, I get it. Fontes Ford is money, but come on, man. Hawkins is good, too. I mean, he can leap over the ring, I guess, but, you know. Oh, no, you're doing, him, you're doing him dirty, man. He's, he is a good wrestler. <laughs> he, out of the two of them, he, he really does, like, carry the team as far as in-ring work is concerned. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Montez Ford is, is a great wrestler, don't get me wrong. But, like, they're both really good, but they're different kinds of wrestlers. That's the thing. Like people often compare them to private party in AEW, but you know what? They're both high flyers. Whereas Hawkins is more of like a, he's less of a high flyer. And I don't know what to pull it. I'm, I'm not going to say brawler because that's not quite right, but he's a, he's just a wrestler, you know, like I can't really, it, it, it works. It's a bit, it's a bit like, um, what would be a good example of two guys that had different styles, but they, they came together. Um, you, you remember those two? Who? A big cash and Enzo. Yeah, perfect example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit more static there, but yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Yep, I agree. Uh, so yeah, so that's all for Money in the Bank. Uh, staying with uh, WWE though, just for a moment. Um, big news, big news out of the WWE last week. Logan Paul, the hmm. YouTube, has officially signed a contract with the WWE. Uh, this is, um, I'm going to talk about this for just a second, if you don't mind. Uh, so this, I, I seen this coming since WrestleMania, uh, Miz was on raw last week and he said that him and Logan would be tag teaming at SummerSlam. Logan said, no, he wants to fight Miz one-on-one because of course Miz turned his back, uh, on Logan Paul at WrestleMania after the match. Here's the thing. Here's what I wanted to get in real quick. WWE is going to make a, a crucial mistake here if they continue to try to make Logan Paul a babyface. He's not a babyface. The, the public love to hate him. They have on social media and everywhere. And, ah. if, and if he goes against Miz uh, at SummerSlam uh, <laughs> and they try to, I'm telling you, the, the cheering is going to be for Miz even though he's supposed to be the heel. Did you watch WrestleMania? <laughs> Ed. Dude. I- dude. He is over. And you know why he's over? Because people can see that he can wrestle. So it doesn't matter how bad you are. Like, you know, you could be absolutely hated outside of the ring, whatever, right? But if you demonstrate, hey, I'm actually a good wrestler and I put the work in and I, I care about this, people will love you for it. Just, okay, for a minute. Just entertain well, here. Think about, about how much Cody Rhodes was hated coming out of AEW, 
right? How that shift had, had occurred in the space of a year or two. And then how over he was coming into WWE. Now, obviously, there's obvious reasons for that. And it's a bit of a different situation. But it, sh- it just goes to show like how that shift can occur. Logan, you're right, did have a lot of there's 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 a lot of aspects to it. There's, you know, him as a public figure and the things he's done that aren't so great in recent years. Um, yeah, this was years ago, though, but yeah, he's very much redeemed himself in, in more recent years and he puts the work in and he works hard. And I think a lot of people saw him coming into the company as like, oh, it's like everyone else. It's like Bad Bunny. It's, it's like, oh, it's just another celebrity coming in. And But but the thing is, all these celebrities recently that have been coming in, with the exception of a few, but him and Bad Bunny, they actually put the work in and got wrestling training and, and really worked at it. Plus, you know, Logan Paul is an amateur wrestler that's his background you know i mean i'll bet it was at the very beginning of his um of his of his lifetime but he was an amateur wrestler and you know obviously we know about his boxing stuff as well like he's an athlete so he's a he's a he's a good fit for this company and yes i don't know like i i i personally feel like that that was my concern coming in and i remember when he was when he first came in you'll recall that they booked him as a heel uh at the very beginning and and it was perfect they had like owen stun him and everything and it was it was beautiful but then since then they have tried to go with this baby face thing but it's worked because the miz is a heat seeker he can pick up heat he can deflect it off people he's really good at doing that and that's what he's been doing in this role and i think as long as they kind of don't try to like push it like oh ultimate babyface logan paul as long as they just try to kind of focus on the storyline and just focus on that alone i think they'll be all right with this to be honest yeah now don't get me wrong i'm excited to see what he's going to do in the wwe i just think that uh you know i watched wrestlemania 2 and he was booed <laughs> quite a bit yeah 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 yeah. obviously initially but then he started wrestling and he started winning people over and then people got lost in the story of what was going on. You know, like yeah. the, Miz, the Miz betraying him, stuff like that. Like, I don't know, since then, it seems like people are really behind Logan. Um, It'll be interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's split. You know, you're always going to have detractors. You're always going to have people that are against it. My personal feelings are, I think it's fantastic. I think it's really good. I I was so happy to see that he could actually wrestle and he put the work. I mean, geez, like some of his selling was better than some of the people on the roster. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's something there, but... And I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good for wrestling. Yeah, it always yeah, any kind of mainstream attention is always going to be positive in some yep. shape or form. And it's it's even better when the people themselves actually try and, and work hard. I mean, you think about how huge Bad Bunny is and Logan Paul are as far as their re- re- respective kind of influences in in their own careers. And then obviously they bring that to wrestling, and but they take it seriously. Like they're not mucking around that kind of lends a bit of credibility back into wrestling. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree hundred percent at the end of money in the bank. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but happy Corbin did attack uh, Pat McAvee <laughs> and uh, did uh, accept his challenge. So we will have Baron happy Corbin or whatever his name is versus Pat McAfee, the, the announcer. What, what is it that Pat McAfee has been calling him? Um, Oh, what was it? 
Oh, I can't remember. He kept calling him it throughout the show, and it's hilarious. Like McAfee's uh, brilliant. But yeah, this... he got a mad Mad Max guy or whatever his name. I know what you're talking about. He, he, he keeps calling Happy Corbin like No Hope Corbin or something like. No, not what is it? He kept calling them something. He kept calling them something, and it's been a chant that's apparently been used against him as well. And it's, it's a fun little storyline they're doing with that. It's, it's yep. driving me nuts that I can't remember what it is though. Cause he was calling them it all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Pat McAfee actually looked pretty good at WrestleMania against theory. So, and, uh, he can actually say that he actually pinned a, uh, former United States champion and money in the bank holder. So I think they got, a, at some point they got to do like a celebrity wrestling match where they have like, I don't know, just McAfee, Logan Paul, Bad Bunny, and someone else in a four-way, and they all just, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that would be funny. The <laughs> Celebrity Battle Royal, I don't know. <laughs> so also in this, uh, in this week of wrestling, a lot of things happening. On the AEW front, uh, they had Blood and Guts. Before um, we, I don't before know if- we, sorry, before we get into Blood and Guts, I just want to read something to our listeners that Tony Khan tweeted out. Now, if you guys don't follow Tony Khan, follow him because it's just pure banter all the time. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know what this guy is on. I think he might actually be on drugs or something. Um, Cause he, uh, but, but he gets like, he gets angry on Twitter and he it's like, I don't know. It's like, a, it's like, watching like a teenager or something getting really angry online. Like sometimes he's just kind of stating facts. A lot of the time it's like erratic, but I saw this and I just thought this was both hilarious and also just an insight into what's going on. So I'll just read the tweet. So someone said, some people will be mad at this, but also complain. Tony Khan doesn't listen to experienced people he hires. And then Tony Khan replies, yep. I said I came to TV with a show outline, then heard out ideas on such details, and I picked the wrong one. I'm amused anyone says I threw someone under a bus to say the idea was from someone of 30 years' experience. Who did I throw under this bus exactly? Where's the mystery, bod? He, he meant to say bud. But, um, you know, <laughs> and it goes on. Someone says, all I know is literally all of us have the same amount of booking experience as you did when you started AEW. Jesus, you aren't ready for that conversation. though. <laughs> and he says, yeah, and that's why I'm the first to say the fans are always right. Oh, clearly being sarcastic. And this is a great example that the fans know what they're talking about. He's, you could tell he's, he's a bit. And like, why, is, why is he replying to, to these random people on Twitter? No, Tony, that's why you need to hire a booker that's done this before and then he says you need to hire this ratio just just no but i just don't understand like i understand that he does his little tweet sometimes where he's like oh aw1 in the 18 to 35 demographic we did this highest ratings blah 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 blah, blah. like it might be true it might be not whatever right? i get that it's advertising it's marketing right it's, you gotta keep promoting you know but when he just starts like randomly arguing with people on twitter i'm like what why do you care dude like you've got wrestling you, you know you're head of the uh the fulham football club you're you know, really involved in a high position, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you've got all these different jobs that you're doing and you're arguing with people on Twitter. Like why? 
it's just like why do you care like i understand he cares about wrestling but like it would be one thing if someone publicly berated him like bischoff or you know corner or i don't know wwe throwing shade or something like that i would understand that would be the response but when it's just some random guy on twitter it's like like who cares dude you're the one that's got the wrestling company (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so i didn't know if you got a chance to watch blood and guts did um it was uh i liked it i really did uh i thought it was uh amazing um one one report, one news coming out of Blood and Guts is that uh, Santana actually was injured uh, during that match. Mm. Uh, so hopefully he'll recover because, man, oh, man, injury has struck the WWE and AEW like crazy these last couple months. So yeah, it's be- been unlucky, but I feel like with AEW, they have been um, a lot more... I don't want to say carefree because that's not really the right word, but their matches on the whole seem a lot more dangerous and I don't know. It just seems like people are more in a position where they might, they're more likely to become injured in AEW as opposed to the the WWE. I mean, and again, that is a blanket statement, but I'm just noticing based on the last couple of years and and by comparison right now, though, you're right. It's, it's kind of a bit equal. It's, it's random. Yeah. It's just kind of like here, there and everywhere. Um, But one of the, yeah, one, I think one of the interesting things though, is that injuries bring about interesting scenarios where sometimes you get to see people that wouldn't normally get pushed, get an opportunity, or sometimes it shuffles around things. So you get things earlier or you get different kind of fun scenarios. Um, also, hey, it's funny. go on. It's funny you say that because that was actually the next thing that I had in my notes. Uh, right now, where there are so many injuries, especially in AEW, uh, these wrestlers that are on like the dark YouTube channel, uh, or you don't see them on TV, but you know they're there. Right now, whenever they get a chance, they really should push themselves to the limit uh, because they can be brought up, just like you said. Right now is their opportunity, I think, uh, yeah. to get on to get on television. You know, yeah. I mean, they're trying to do some things. I mean, okay. Again, I know, I know, it's like the third time now that I'm bringing this up, but now I'm getting really annoyed. So this interim world championship thing, right? <laughs> so Moxley he wins it, okay, and now he's defend yep. he's defending the interim world championship. Okay, so yeah, we've already told people like, hey, here's someone who's going to temporarily represent us until, you know, the real champion comes. But now he's defending uh, the the fake belt. I don't know. I mean, what else can you really call it? It's 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 not a proper belt. It's not the official belt. So what's the point? Right. It was just driving me nuts. Like, just what the hell? Like, okay, in universe, right? Why would you care about going for that championship? And I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but someone has put themselves forward and now they're going to have a match with Mox. Like, didn't they have like a little mini tournament actually? Or because they love tournaments well, in their company, but well, they're doing they're something. Hmm? Was it, was it, they did a, yeah, that was it. They did a rumble, didn't they? A battle royal to determine who would face Moxley for the interim championship. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like the fact that they're trying to elevate people and, and do something, and I like that. But why didn't they just make Punk relinquish the title in the first place and just 
make Moxley the champion and just do that. Like this, this, this whole interim thing is just really bugging me, you know, because what it means is it's just a countdown until Punk comes back. And then, you know, I guess he wins and just beats whoever. And because then, then the problem is it makes all of the time right now pointless in a sense. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, we'll just wait until the real champion comes, you know. That's kind of how I feel. Like, And maybe I'm being too harsh with this because, I mean, Moxley's been a champion before. It's nothing against him. And it's nothing against anyone taking part. I just I just don't understand this whole interim thing. It just bugs me. It just, uh, it's basically money in the bank. It's basically just a contract to face no! the No, 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 no. Because, okay, when when you at least with the money in the bank right when you defend the money in the bank contracts that's been done a few times you're defending against oh here's a shot against the actual champion so there's like okay there's a reason to fight for this okay but the interim championship we've already been told is not the official championship it's just like a i don't know it's like the equivalent of like if i said to you like oh Okay, I won the gold medal, but you know I'm too busy to like carry it right now, or I'm injured or whatever. So you can uh, look after this uh, pretend version of it while I'm gone, and then when I come back, you know, move over because I'm 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 actually the champion. It's it's well, like that. That's how it feels. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I know they'll do a match, but come on, you expect me to believe that when Punk comes back, if Moxley's still the champion, that they're not going to have Punk beat uh, Moxley. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they will have him beat him, and that'll and be like, oh, okay, and that that'll be interesting. To be fair, but I just I just feel like he's going to come back, and it'll be great when he comes back. But then he'll just beat Moxley. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think uh, I think it'll depend on how over Moxley is at that time. Uh, but CM Punk is such a favorite, and he was so over when he got hurt. He's going to be even more. Yeah, I can't see. Uh, them letting him lose the title. I agree. I just, I just don't like this whole interim thing. I really wish they would. Do, do, do you know one problem with this, right? Which makes sense, but we don't know how long Punk is going to be out for. If we had an idea of how long he was going to be out for and we didn't have this interim thing, I think it would be a bit better because you'd roughly know like, okay, this is when we can expect him. And you know, they won't necessarily do it like that, but you know, you got an idea, so you know what to expect in the coming months. Excuse me. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, to to me, I think the problem is it feels like they're biding time instead of like if they would just <coughs> let's say Moxley was just the actual champion right now. What would they be doing? They'd be building feuds. Are they really building a feud? Like to me, winning a, a battle royal is not really building a feud. Like, okay, now someone's got a match against Moxley. Have they already booked the match? Actually, yeah, the the match is on Dynamite, I believe, this week. Ah, see, there you go. It's on Dynamite, so it's a TV <laughs> match. So there's no way that that person is going to beat Moxley. So is there even any point watching? I think it's going to be a good match. It's Brody Lee. Do you know who Brody Lee is? Brody King. Brody Lee is the one that passed away. Oh, Brody King. Yeah, the guy that's in uh, the uh, House of Black. I got zero interest in this, I have to say, because the whole uh, House of Black thing is just just didn't work for me. I don't know. 
Um, I, I don't really get Brody King, to be honest. I don't get what the appeal is. Cause, and that's the thing. A lot of the time you'll hear in AEW, they make a real big fuss of these people that have wrestled together elsewhere. And I understand, like, for, for people that follow all the different companies outside of AEW, it must be really exciting. Um, and that's great. I'm not trying to, you know... He's a former world champion in the Indies. Right, but, like, you have to look at things through the frame of reference of, like, there are people, myself included, that have only watched AEW. I've watched a little bit of, like, MLW, you know, Ring of Honor, TNA, whatever, right? But generally speaking, I've focused on the main companies. Why? My personal feeling is that I like the presentation. I don't like it when there's a small scaled presentation. And some companies can't help that, you know? Um, but there's something that just puts me off about a real small presentation that feels, you know, like it's just a room with people in it and a small screen. Like to me, that's not as impactful as a big stadium arena or whatever, right? And AEW and WWE both have that and they both present it in really good ways and differently too. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, you know, of course, like New Japan does that, but you know, that's a different style. It's a different nation, different country as well. And not everyone watches that. Like a lot of people do, but not everyone that's watching AEW is watching that. So here's the thing. And this has been said, I've heard other people, you know, way more informed than, than me, people that are actually, people like Cornet, people like whoever, Eric Bischoff, whatever, like people that, actually were in the industry have been involved in wrestling for a long time they've said this and their opinions mean a lot more than than mine um they've said that you know the way you present people coming in who your kind of casual fans that's kind of what i'm looking for your casual fans know nothing about this person all i know is okay this guy had a tag team with alistair black at some sorry uh malachi black uh, i'm such a mark um before and apparently they were quite dominant. And now he's been in this uh, really sort of sucky stable, which seemed fun at the beginning, but then it was just immediately compared to Judgment Day and it seemed like they just did it better. Um, and it just never really, you know, they tried something and it just never really. And it, to me, it feels like that stable is coming to an end. I don't know about you, but I've not really seen much of them on TV lately. Um but whatever, like to get to the point. So this guy, this guy's got a match against Moxley. Okay, great. They're giving him a shot. But I just don't feel very excited about him because his presentation so far has, has not been particularly great or impactful. He's just been a sort of a bully guy that's in this stable, you know? And what's the point of a stable? Stables generally will have a leader who's already really powerful right generally speaking and the others are there either to reinforce that person or to be elevated that's one of the two yeah and they have such a superstar in black that they did this completely wrong i i agree i I, 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 and i actually think it's it's hurt malachi black because let's just look at like how over he was when he joined the company i mean he came in and he immediately just smacked Co- cody rhodes and um arn anderson in the face it was fun and it's like whoa okay and whatever maybe that storyline went on for a bit too long but he was fun for a long time and then whenever they put them in in this stable i don't know about you but my interest in him just dissipated yeah, no. after that 
Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. I, I, uh, they did it wrong. They, they just did. There's so many things that they can do with him uh, as a heel. Uh, he's being underutilized. I agree 100%. Well, it's, it's, no, it's, I wouldn't even say that. It's just, look, there's nothing wrong with trying things. You know, but when something's not working, I think you need to know when to like pull the plug on it. And they've done AEW's done this before. They saw you remember they did a storyline with um, Brandy Rhodes when she was in the company where it was like her, I think uh, Nyla Rose and someone else, and they kept doing this gimmick where like they would go up to someone, beat them down, and like cut a bit of their hair off or something. And they were trying to do some sort of storyline with it, and it just wasn't working. And they did it for like a month or two and then they just stopped doing it and then they did another storyline again with her and ali or um the bunny as she's called um and it didn't work and so they ended it but they tried they tried different things they knew when to end it and they ended it that's what they should do with this malachi black guy but they don't because i guess they're just obsessed with like the affiliation outside the company like oh well they wrestled in new japan together so they have to be together here they have to be. There's history. And it's like, okay. And this is my they, bigger problem. This is what I was trying to talk about before. The issue is that, like, if you're going to present people that casual fans don't really know, well, tell us what they did. Because all I know, I got, like, a 20-second spiel from uh, Excalibur. Is that his name? The guy with the mask. Um, he said, like, oh, yeah. I, oh my God, Brody, Brody King, Brody King. So, okay, who is he? Oh, he, he tagged with Malachi Black outside of, you know, in New Japan. Okay, great. What did they do? Nothing. They just they don't say it. They just say that, like, as if I'm supposed to be really excited by that. Like, and, okay, maybe I sound a bit harsh for saying that, but to me, it's, it's not a big deal unless you kind of talk about, like, oh, well, they did this and they did this and they did this. And, like, okay, I'll give an example. They really bigged up that Minoru Suzuki guy, okay? And they talked about like, oh, here's all the things he did. Here's his illustrious career. He's been wrestling for this long. He did this. He did this. He did this. They really built him up. And then I was like, okay. So I gave him a chance. I was like, okay, this sounds interesting. And I started watching him wrestling. And I was like, you know what? This is not for me. Fair enough, right? Just personal preference. But at least they did a real good job of presenting him as a big deal, you know? And like, this is someone you should care about. And this is why you should care about this person. And that's what I'm yeah. talking about. Like this Brody King guy, like I don't, they haven't really told me why I should care. That's it. Yep, I, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, they, they're pretty much phasing out the dark order. So, uh, oh, yeah. do you think they're just going to get like, cause I'm interested by that. So they still got the, the Johnny Hungy guy. Oh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Johnny Hungy. <laughs> um, what's his name? Johnny. Something. I don't know which one you're talking the small, the small one, the small guy. Oh yeah, yeah, Muscles. yeah. He, but his name's not Johnny Hungy. It's <laughs> no. uh, yeah. But he's 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 really good because um, there's like four main ones, isn't? Or five. There's you got ten. Yeah. Preston Vance, there's who two. I still can't believe they put him in a mask. Have you seen how good looking that man is? And they put him in a mask. What are you doing? I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> Alan Angels, great wrestler. The guy who plays um, Johnny Hungy is really good. And then you've got Stu Grayson. And uh, Evil Uno, and I don't. I think I mean there's others, but but those are like your main kind of ones, right? And they right, just right. seemingly they just let them all disappear. They're just gone. Like uh, which well, two of them have been released from the company? Which ones have been released? Do you know? Uh, 
don't have that in front of me, <laughs> uh, I apologize. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to have it by next show, but there are two I just found out that were released. Uh, so they're slowly, they slowly are phasing out. Well, it's interesting. Uh, it, it'd be interesting to find out which ones were released because I know that Stu Grayson has been accepting. Um, he's been accepting bookings. I saw that Evil Uno tweeted something about like, "Oh, Dark Order is not dead" or something. May oh, crikey, maybe they released them. I know they moved um, Colt Cabana to Ring of Honor, and you just know that that's because of Punk. <laughs> you remember when his his uh, media scrum where he was just like, "Oh." He was asked about what people thought about him in the locker room. And he said, oh, well, there are nobodies that, you know, d don't like me, but those nobodies are no longer here anymore. Or they, you know, those nobodies don't matter. And you just know it's thrown shade at Colt Cabana. It must be. I mean, I'm sorry, but they can't, they, they must have seen each other. They must have interacted or something. Like, I can't believe they just gone this whole time and just not seen each other, not spoken, nothing. Like they must have... I don't know. It's interesting to me, but whatever. So speaking of uh, what you like and what you don't like, let's get into this week's challenge here. Um, okay, so Alan Angels has been released. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. And let's see. Yeah, I wanted to go ahead since the audience is listening now and look it up and let's see who the other one is. That's mad because Alan Angels is such a great wrestler. I'm surprised. I really am. Can't believe that. Damn. Uh, I want to start out at number ten on your worst uh, wrestlers that actually got over. In your opinion, this is just our opinion. Okay. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just gonna pick a bone with you because this was the one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. This was so hard. So, okay. So it's the 10 worst wrestlers that got over, right? Uh -huh. yep. Okay. So your opinion. Yeah. The reason why this was so hard was I was thinking like, generally speaking, when you're thinking about terrible wrestlers, like in ring wrestlers, they rare, they don't all often get over, you know, like often it's like, People laugh at them like, haha, they were so bad that it's it's good, it's funny, but they were not like over for being bad. Do you know what I mean? But there are exceptions right. to this rule, and I think you're gonna get a pop out of some of these because some of them are gonna be controversial. <laughs> so uh here we go. Um in no particular order, the great Carly. <laughs> I think that's at the top of most people's worst lists. Oh, um, you should 10 to 1 what do you mean no specific order <laughs> well because if you don't I, rank i can't really funny. i can't really rank them because to be honest you could make an argument for any of these and as i go through you'll you'll see what i mean <laughs> um yeah just 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 go with me on, on this little journey uh, i'll tell you what i'll list them all and then we can talk about it. how about that sure sure okay so i've got the great carly Ralphus, i.e. as in Jericho Personal Security from WCW, <laughs> The Ultimate Warrior, James Ellsworth, Sable, Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon, Goldberg, Ryback, and Braun Strowman. What? Braun Strowman? Well, okay, it was between him and The Miz. And ultimately, I went for Strowman because I feel that the Miz. Okay, 
the question was 10 worst in-ring wrestlers that got over, right? Now, the Miz right. is not like a technical genius, but he knows how to work a good match. Like, he's a good wrestler. And a lot of these uh, people that I've chosen here, when you think about what it means to put on a good wrestling match, a lot of that comes down to like knowing how to work with other people and, and, and work different styles and, and stuff like that. So, for example, Braun Strowman, if you're going to wrestle Braun Strowman, you have to have the Braun Strowman match which means you're going to get thrown around a lot, you know, power slammed. He'll do his running, you know, punch thing outside. Yeah, I don't know what he does now, but, you know, lots of body slams, lots of slams. Uh, you might get a, a few high kicks, high spots on him, but ultimately you're going to get smashed if, if indeed he's winning. If, you're, if he's losing, then you're just going to get loads of offense on him and he's going to take a bunch of bumps and you get a few slams. In. But ultimately, there's not much then... I never saw a Braun Strowman match where I was like, wow, that's a great match. It was always um, very short matches and kind of just, it was more about his character really and, and the storyline, you know? And I think you could say the same for Goldberg too. I mean, how many 10 minute, 15 minute Goldberg matches can you remember? <laughs> you know, the best matches were always the short ones, which was by design. He wasn't supposed to be a technical master you know, he was supposed to be kind of the guy that comes in, he beats you up, and he wins. You know? I want to know something crazy is uh, my my worst top 10. Uh, I don't think we have anybody <laughs> anybody the same. Um, oh, by cool. the way, real, uh, Stu Grayson is the other one that was released from the oh, Dark Order. Oh, damn. Okay, so they kept Evil Uno. Interesting. So yeah. they, that's to me that's interesting because if it was a toss up between Evil Uno and Alan Angels, I would have kept Alan Angels because he's a better in ring wrestler. Um, yeah, he, oh, actually, just tweeted out that the Dark Order is not dead, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, so let's do uh, my ten worst. Um, uh, and I'll I'll go from number ten to number one. All okay? right. All right. So number ten worst wrestler, and this is just my opinion. Uh, Baron Corbin. What? Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Keep uh, going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. You're probably going to say that a lot. Well, uh, okay. Is, it, is this? Uh, let's just let's get a caveat. Is this like of the modern era ever, right now? Ever since they've been in wrestling. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Even long hair and when he got over and they thought he was going to be a champion um, I thought he stunk so um, <laughs> uh, Tommy Dreamer mm, uh, okay uh, Mikey uh, Whiprath he's from know, ECW I, 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 okay yeah I never saw him wrestle but fair enough yeah Axel Rotten he's from <laughs> you just, you just, you're just picking ECW wrestlers <laughs> what have you got against ECW <laughs> 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 no, that other ones on here. Uh, man, I wish you would have said that already because the next one's ECW. <laughs> uh, well, it's official. He, he, Kentucky guy just hates ECW. That's it. <laughs> ECW was my favorite back when. What? You know what I mean, I, bet, I feel like I'm uh, in a Twilight Zone. This makes no sense. <laughs> way back, uh, just incredible. Uh, and then uh, some people that you may have heard of. Uh, number five, 
<laughs> uh, Kenny Kingston. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, from, um, from Ring of Honor, right? That's the one that Cornette hates from years no, ago. No, Eddie Kingston. Oh, Eddie Kingston. Oh, interesting. From, oh, okay. Yeah, from, uh-huh. Uh, wow. Lex Luger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a funny one. <laughs> yeah. For three stitches. Okay. Psycho Sid. Yeah. And then the last two, um, yeah, I don't think you'll agree with, but <laughs> number two, my number two worst wrestler of all time that actually got over. He should have never got the fame that he did. Hulk Hogan. And number one, Roman Reigns. Okay. The only reason that I disagree with the Hogan and the Reigns thing is because here's the thing. Both of them can wrestle but they actively choose not to on purpose. And what out of the two, like Reigns does actually wrestle. He's put on some really, really good matches. Uh, I think you're just blind, but uh, <laughs> in general, I know what you mean. It's the old, the methodical pace, the same thing. Like, okay, you can, a lot of Reigns matches will ha- be quite methodical. They'll, they'll be kind of samey. There'll be a lot of the same moves, but he does mix it up and he does sell a lot for his um, competitors. And, and they're always different, you know, whereas Hogan, yeah, I can't think of like any matches that I was like, wow, except for because of fanfare, like obviously against Ultimate Warrior, against Andre the Giant, against The Rock, you know, etc. Like it was always the fanfare and the spectacle. But that's kind of the point with Hogan. It was never really about the in-ring product. It was always more about the fanfare and, and the presentation, you know, this larger than life superhero, so to speak. But he could wrestle. He could actually wrestle, and if you look at the stuff that he did um, in in New Japan, in, in Japan, he he was technically profound. The only reason that Hogan wrestles the way he did was just because that's the way that he made money. But he didn't have to. He could have been like, and I'm not saying he's like Bret Hart or anything, but like he could he could wrestle. Uh, don't be don't be um, don't be fooled. <laughs> I, I, uh, New Japan matches. Um... Yeah, no, and again, again, me, me neither. But like, I, I saw a lot of clips, and and from what I saw of those small matches, like he could, he was technically proficient. Like he was a reasonable wrestler who knew how to sell fairly well, and you know, did like varying. He was quite technical, not much high flying stuff. Did you know he was in New Japan wrestling so long that he actually got married there? I didn't realize that until I was doing some research. Wow, no, I didn't. Yeah. Know that. Okay, so your ten best, sir. Your ten oh, best. Yeah, this this was a lot easier. <laughs> uh, yeah, in no particular order: um, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Brian Danielson, Mister Perfect, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, CM Punk. Okay, sweet. Now we do have quite a bit uh, the same on that one, so that's good. Um, so number ten, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Uh, number, mm. Yeah, I, I like it. Burn It Down. Oh, yeah. Uh, number nine, Okada. Okay. Uh, number eight, CM Punk. Number seven, uh, Samoa Joe. Ooh. Number six, yeah. Number six, your favorite guy, Kenny Omega. Number- <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he, has, he has had some good matches, but yeah, I just, there's too much bad to overcome the good. <laughs> If you ever get a chance 
and you're on YouTube and you got a few minutes, check out some of the highlights from matches between him and Okada. I've, I've seen best- some of the, like, I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler. He is a great wrestler. It's just what I take exception with is when people are like, he's the greatest wrestler that ever lived. And it's like, Oh, I no, he's number six. I don't, I mean, when, you know, recently Moxley said in an interview about Brian Danielson, he said, in my opinion, he's the greatest wrestler of all time. And you know what? When he said that, there will be people that laughed. There'll be people that go, uh, I don't know. But do you know what? I remember listening to this on, on Cornette's podcast. And he said, you know what? That's one of the first sensible things Mox has said in a long time. Because it's like a fair pot. You could make a case for that. And I really feel like whenever it's a Danielson match, he makes you care. He makes this, He makes everything mean something. I mean, when he did his match with Omega, that's the first time I saw Omega in a long time where I was like, oh, this is a good match. He, he, it's like he forced Omega to wrestle like properly. And then it really sh- actually put Omega in a great light and showed what he's capable of and how he, he can. The problem is Omega spent way too much time with the bloody Young Bucks and it's like overselling like this that's the problem because even the young bucks they put on good matches too but if you oversell everything if if nothing means anything then it just becomes like a stunt show and that's not what wrestling should be like wrestling is a spectacle but you need story you need stakes you need you know it still needs to be these two people want to beat each other up and these are the stakes and this is why. And there has to be a certain degree of psychology. You know, there's a lot of stuff I see in those matches where it's like, why would they do this? Why would they do this? Why would, why would they logically do that? You know, I just, and that makes me just not want to watch because it's just too much of that. You know, I like to hear, I like to be able to tell the story when they're wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like I'm not, sitting here and saying because I've, I've seen matches where they've done it that's the thing as well so it's not like they don't know how to do it they choose to do this style that they do but they know how to wrestle and that's the thing that infuriates me the most <laughs> right now my number five uh choice i actually heard john moxley call him the goat uh, is chris jericho mm-hmm. uh number four triple h mm. number three steve austin Number two, Ric Flair. And number one, and he's and anybody that knows me personally knows that this guy has been my favorite wrestler for probably over 20 years, Shawn Michaels. So. See, here's something as well, which I think is interesting about this, because you said in-ring wrestlers, right? As in their work rate in the ring. Did uh-huh. I get that right? Yeah? Uh, the, the, you're, you're right. Your you're, uh, favorite, right, your best in ring that are over wrestlers uh-huh. yeah see because my answers would have been different if if the question was just who's the best wrestlers ever you know top 10 that would have been a different i would have done this differently because what i tried to do like even cm punk on my list to be honest his mic work and his other stuff kind of made me think like oh this bumps him up but mainly i was trying to think about it from the perspective of technical like how they put on a show, how they put on a wrestling match, how they structure it in the ring. That's what I was trying to think about. Um, well, guess also, what? Go on. Well, guess what, Christian, you will be able to change that if you'd like, because my next challenge oh, is, for, <laughs> <laughs> is for 
Uh, we're going to stick with the fabulous number 10, 10 best, 10 worst. Okay. Tag team. Tag teams. Oh, next I, but I don't watch tag teams. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm sure I could do it. I'm does sure. It have, it's just, does, it, does it have to be the same? So, like, in-ring, bad, but, oh, that's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard for the worst. Let, let, let's put you, no. like your favorite. Let's just call it your favorite. That's your right. Favorite. If you, I'll go with the assignment, man. You're just making me, giving me hard homework. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think it's interesting. I think it gives the audience something to look forward to. So, yeah. Do you have anything um, to, only- to poke at with mine? <laughs> um, shoot. You're, uh, you know, I've already mentioned Braun Strowman. That really, uh, that really surprised me. You're, uh, the best, uh, like I said, we have a lot of the same. I actually have, like, if you go farther than uh, 10 down, I've got Bret Hart. I think he was amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the other ones that you mentioned. Um, <laughs> but uh, some of the ones on your worst uh, uh, kind of shocked me a little bit. <laughs> so you think that James Ellsworth was one of the best wrestlers in the ring? <laughs> I think- didn't get a fair shake in the WWE. Or, or what about uh, what about Sable, man? That technical Sable. Yeah, the technical marvel that she was in the ring. Lesnar's old lady Sable. Yeah. Sable. <laughs> yeah. Technical wrestler. <laughs> oh, uh, or the Ultimate Warrior, man. That that to me is hilarious. Like I, I've seen a lot of stuff about the Ultimate Warrior and all the, his matches and stuff. And it's like, he didn't, he didn't actually wrestle. He just threw people around and just ran around a lot. He was. A- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just to let everybody know that the ring of honor, they're finally in the news. Uh, Death before dishonor uh, will be July 23rd. Uh, this month uh, will be their next pay-per-view. And from what I'm understanding, it's going to be also on the bleach uh, bleach report. Uh, the Bleacher Report, and that's important because that means Tony Khan is looking to maybe bring them to a national uh, TV channel, which is about time. So, hmm. just we actually mentioned Ring of Honor last time. What's going on with them? We hadn't heard anything from them, and uh, that's why I hit you up last week when I did hear about this because uh, uh, finally some news on Ring of Honor. They actually have their website up. They didn't go with that awful logo that they first promoted. Uh, they actually have a sleek new website. Uh, it's got a lot of things on there, and it's actually the merch is back. So it uh, looks like Ring of Honor is going to be alive and well. I just think that Tony Khan needs to use them like an NXT uh, to float over into AEW. That would be the smart thing, in, in my opinion. I think, I'm going to call it now, I think a lot of people are going to be very disappointed. And not because there's not a chance this could work but more because it's not going to be the ring of honor that everyone remembers. It's going to be something new because it has to be something new because it can't be what it used to be. Cause what was it? It used to be an indie promotion that did big events and built big, you know, future stars that at the time were not huge stars, you know, like occasionally you get people pop in here and there that were big elsewhere, you know, maybe even had, previously been in like WWE or New Japan or whatever, but generally speaking, it was people, you know, cutting their teeth, you know, like building their careers, like from scratch and putting on great wrestling matches. But, you know, 
in, in small venues, indie venues, whatever. Okay, that's how it was presented. They got TV, you know, they did some stuff here and there and, and they made a go of it, but it was quite small scale. And the, the NXT comparison is, is kind of a good comparison because I think that would be its best use, but I don't know that people are necessarily going to be happy with that. But then, I mean, you can't please everyone, that's for sure. But at the same time, I mean, I, I don't know what people envision this is going to be. I mean, I think in an ideal world, it would be like their, you know, maybe they do like a, bla- a brand split. And we've spoken about this before, but like having like, because that, <laughs> that roster is too big. It's just too big. So having like three different brands would be fun and interesting maybe and would at least get all their wrestlers on TV. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, yeah. Wrestlers from AEW and TNA from New Japan all on this new Ring of Honor. Uh, I think we're going to see, I think it's going to be floating in and out. Uh, me, I like. I'm like you. I like pure wrestling, so I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, but you are right. There are going to be a lot of people that, uh, you know, they 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 plan on seeing the Briscoes on there every week and and so forth. And it's just not going to be that way. It can't be because it didn't last. It didn't make any money that way. So of course they've got to change the structure. Yeah, and it's as long as people accept that and they go, do you know what? It had a good history. It's been saved in the sense that it's going to keep going. And but it's a legacy thing. Then it, it should be fine. I mean, look, WWE is not the same product it was 20 years ago. Things change, you know, and they have to change and they should change. I mean, imagine if we were still trying to do the Attitude Era stuff today. Like, A, it wouldn't oh. work. And B, it would, get, it would get stagnant. It would get stale. You well, they'd be canceled. Well, that, yeah, but it, it would just get stale. It would get, it would get too much after a while. Right. And then speaking of stale... Uh, number 73, age 73, Rick Claire. Uh, his final match at the uh, Starcast uh, at 31st. Still <laughs> no opponent announced. Still no opponent announced. So Man. that's all I can bring you. So I don't understand it, but you know we're less than uh, 20 days or 30 days away. So I don't know. I don't want to say it for fear that I say it and I predict the future, but I just, let me put it this way. I just hope that he will be okay. (laughs) That's all I can say. I hope that he will be okay. (laughs) I I really believe that they need to go with like a six-man tag like they first promoted in May. Uh, He needs to be in a, I I, I just don't think he can carry a singles match uh, for any length of time, whoever he would uh, go against, they are going to carry like ninety eight percent of that, for sure. Yeah, that, that's why it can't be Ricky Steamboat. He's sixty nine. I mean, be even even Ricky was like, and I I still think that probably Ricky could probably even go now. But like, he was just like, you know what? I it was a push to do it when I did it against Jericho, and that was ten years before. Like now, it's like just you know, not a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just, yeah, I, I don't know. Rick, Rick is a classic example of what happens as you get older. Because you never stop being the person that you are. You get older, you get wiser and stuff. But you that inner you... Like, now I fully understand why you get people in, like, their 70s and 80s that are, like, you know, 
almost like teen like kids in in terms of like their outlook like they're still getting involved in tomfoolery and mucking around like it makes sense because you know while their bodies might get older they are still young-minded you know what i mean um oh yeah yeah and that that's how i feel when i when i look at rick it's like oh man he he just so desperately wishes he was younger so he could still keep wrestling. And I, I feel for him, man, because wrestling at its best is is one of the best things out there. And I get it, man. You know, I just, yeah. I hope he'll be careful. I, I really wish he wasn't doing this. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess whoever, whoever's in the ring with him, I just take care of him, please. <laughs> I'd like to see it be like Sting. I think Sting could carry him. And, uh, no, you know, they dude, have- come on. He's... Like he himself is needing to be, you know, careful. And AEW is not going to allow that, anyways. They're not going to allow Sting to, uh, you know, let Ric Flair put Ric Flair over. You know what I mean? So it's not yeah. even. It's not even about that. It's it's that doesn't matter. The, the what matters is like safety, as always. Right. You know, keeping making sure the guy doesn't get injured. You know, I mean, that should be your focus anyway in any wrestling match, but especially in a match where your competitor is like 73 years old, like, geez, I mean. Exactly. So that is about all the time that we do have for today's episode. Uh, It's been an amazing show, Christian. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, Guys, don't forget that you can reach him at the the Christian Reef Show podcast. The The Christian Reef podcast. (laughs) <laughs> there you go the christian reed podcast and you're also on tiktok uh, yeah yeah tiktok and instagram you can find me at christian pk reeve official on both of those or you just search my name christian pk reeve christian reeve you'll find me yeah so check him out i'm telling you it's definitely worth uh checking out his uh his own personal podcast uh, there is so much uh i i find i learn things from his podcast <laughs> I don't normally do. so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and also remember that you can reach this show here, Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast, every Monday and Friday. And uh, also don't forget the other show that I host, the Red Pill Current News Podcast, dropping episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and bye for now. Have a wonderful week, and uh, get it, let's get out there and get it going. <laughs>